Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to underground sports philadelphia episode number 370 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios and uh, as much as we regret to inform you the sixers are indeed back and uh we'll play meaningful meaningful basketball uh as we are meaningful to who who's valid <laughs> probably just to the standings of the you NBA. have to place the value in the games for there for there to be value <laughs> We're going to dive into uh, all this nonsense. Me and Matt went to war with what we think might be Ben Simmons' burner account last night on Twitter. Uh, a whole bunch of nonsense. Nick Castellanos is a free agent. Um, and uh, we're going to get into Survivor as well, like we always do on Wednesdays. Uh, but before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Dusharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart, get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, everything in between. And when you go to checkout, use our promo code USP, you get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka might be the best uh, elixir to all this Ben Simmons nonsense, responsibly, of course. Uh, you guys can go to statesidevodka.com, get the vodka soda party packs, you can get the Black Label bourbon, and of course you can get the one liter bottles of vodka. Uh, when you go to check out with those one liter bottles in your cart, use promo code USP, you get 10% off those bad boys. You gotta be 21 or older to purchase and enjoy, and of course please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, another great alternative to this Ben Simmons nonsense debacle to have in hand. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. Of course, you got to be 21 or older to do so. And please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? <laughs> I just live in the dream, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I was on the Twitter, the Twitter.com today, and I saw... Something that I think we'll be using quite frequently on our social medias. Uh, the the old Spongebob opening up the the jellyfish. Uh, I am dead inside. Living the dream. Uh, it's very rare that Matt says that he's dead inside. Only when big things happen. Uh, like when LeBron signed with the Lakers. And of course now, this entire Ben Simmons debacle. Where today on the Pat McAfee show... Shams Charania from The Athletic and Stadium said that it was not Ben Simmons' cell phone in his pocket. It was his practice jersey folded up. That, what are we doing here? Is that better? Right. <laughs> is, that, is that supposed to be a better explanation? Gee, I wonder where Shams got his information from. I wonder who he would have <laughs> asked. Who could that have been? Sources say. Um, yeah, 
since we last spoke, Ben Simmons r- reported for duty uh, in name only, I think, as it seems. Didn't seem. Now, I, I have to be honest, I was initially skeptical. I have to apologize to Jamie Pody because I was like, listen, Ben has always had shit body language. Even in the best of times, Ben Simmons has always looked completely apathetic to mm-hmm. everything going on. He has never looked interested or happy. He has always <laughs> looked the exact same since he's been a sixer. So I honestly couldn't tell the difference in how nope. he looked. I didn't think that I couldn't even see him in the video of him not putting his hand in and saying one, two, three sixers. But she was right. Uh, he's over it. Clearly <sighs> wasn't, wasn't playing in practice. Uh, gets thrown sent, out of practice, sent out of practice. I mean, by Doc I, Rivers. imagine your boss telling you, listen, like you're not in this today. Just go home. And then finding you $330,000. <laughs> um, yeah. So he sent home from practice. He's suspended for tonight. Won't even travel with the team. This is a Chernobyl <laughs> reactor level. What if they were just waiting for his debut to be at home so the fans could just violently boo him? I'm not sure that they want to deal with the police presence that would be needed. (laughs) I think they might have to find a way to get the horses inside of Wells Fargo Center for that one. It would literally Uh, have to be... I mean, I'm not kidding. I think you might have to, like... It would be Wolf of Wall Street. If he's going to be in the... in the building, like on the sideline, I think you actually have to like cordon off like two rows. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not actually joking. Like I think you might have. You to. might have to call in the national. Guard. <laughs> you, you might have to like really uh, take some extra measures because this thing is really melted down in a spectacular way. And who could have possibly seen this coming? It's it's bizarre. Um, the biggest issue is the one that's been here since the middle of summer, right after draft night where he's yep. still on the team it's like okay well your odds of trading him are now 10 percent, and then after the free agency period your odds of trading him are zero now you have to wait until december because everyone that's just signed a contract can't be traded and you're not you're not making a deal with his contract size with anyone uh, until then really you know like uh, there's very few people that you can so well it all really started when he didn't trade ben simmons for james Harden. well it all started when I was born. <laughs> it all started when I chose to love the 76ers. Actually, it all started fateful day in 2012. When <laughs> in in the, the biggest thing now is you, you're going to have to wait for some other unfortunate situation to fold and create a, a circumstance where you can trade Ben Simmons somewhere. I don't see a resolution of this. I don't know. I, I didn't know how we came back from this over the summer, everything that happened no. over the summer, he's here now, and it's gotten worse. Joel Embiid, listen, King, not even throwing him under the bus. I think just speaking very plainly about the situation, which is that Ben only cares about himself. I'm tired of this. Like, I don't know where this like labor relations angle came from. I don't know when this became like uh, the Nestle strike, and we're supposed to somehow be on Ben Simmons' side yeah. here because that's not what this is. This is not. Listen, if you want to take that angle, go look at, like, baseball and, like, arbitration and minor league conditions and all that. Like, if you want to have that discussion, this is not that discussion. He's being paid fairly, and he's being punished fairly. (laughs) He, you have certain standards and obligations that you have to hold up your end to, which he is not. It's very plain for everyone to see, obviously. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry that that upsets you, I guess, if you're... Listen, there's nothing wrong with being pro-labor, but this is not the fight. This is not the one that you are that you really should be going in on. 
I don't know what the resolution is. I really don't. And I, I don't know how you integrate him back with the team. He's clearly not interested in practicing at a level. Uh, there's definitely going to be worries about his fitness levels because there's just a drastic difference between, you know, pro athletes just at their normal resting levels are at a much different <laughs> tier than anyone else. But there is a, a certain game speed that you have to get accustomed to and, and physical fitness, which he isn't. Mm-hmm. I just, I, and the, and the biggest question mark too is for the Sixers, like, you are putting a lot of faith still in Ben Simmons because as as critical as we've been of Ben, he's still a very good player and he helps you during the regular season to win games. At the right. end of the day, Ben Simmons helps you win games in the regular season. You are one Joel Embiid rest night away from losing you know, any game that, that you're in. If, if Joel Embiid faces two weeks out, you win, let's say there's five games in that stretch. You win maybe one of those games with this with this roster is currently constructed. Depending obviously on this guy. But that, that's that's the situation you find yourself in now too, which which needs to be considered because Joel Embiid is at most, in best case scenario, gonna play like sixty seven games this year. Mm-hmm. There are there are going to be anywhere from fifteen to maybe even twenty games, and that's without any like really any injury. Like Embiid is gonna be rested. And on those nights, like, what happens? Not that Ben has ever stepped up massively, but he certainly, you know, it's talent missing now. Like, that is the big question. Now, I would hope that at some point the situation does get resolved and it's either Ben has a dramatic turnaround or everyone everyone at the table, all parties, just put their big boy pants on and just stay together for the kids for another month. <laughs> or, you know, it's whoever we trade for Ben, you know, now we're, we're in a, whatever situation we're in that, like that is, that is the big question now for the Sixers too, because you, there's, there's a reality where you're, you're, you have to play without Ben tonight. We're going to see this team mm-hmm. play without Ben Simmons. Thankfully I it's against a, a shit show of a Pelicans team, which we're going to find a way to lose to, I bet. Hammered the Sixers minus four. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we're going to lose the Pelicans and it is going to somehow degrade even further. We are in Chernobyl day one, but they like the... <laughs> Well, the scientists haven't been even been alerted yet. Like, there's just an elephant's foot growing in the reactor that we're blissfully unaware of. It at just least smells kind of weird in here right without now. Zion. Right, but and newly minted contract for Jonas Valanciunas, who's gonna play great. I can tell you that right now. Pelicans have a decent team outside of Zion. I I I, I worry so much about the Sixers now and and where they go because. This just this is not the kind of distraction one. I know Embiid. I think soothes some of that when you talk about the chemistry and. Um, it's not you know, here how, to babysit, guys. It's not here to babysit, which is just the truth. Everyone here, everyone on that team is an adult, a grown man who's paid millions of dollars to play the sport. You can suck it up and deal with it. And that's the first time we've really seen Embiid like truly pissed off about like, and like. He wasn't, like, mad, but he was just like, I'm so sick of talking about this. Yeah, I mean, I think we all feel similarly. Yeah. Like, where it's like, all right, like, this is this has been exhausting. The end of the season is still, like, haunts me. I, I don't feel happy about watching the Sixers tonight. No. Um, I don't feel reinvigorated about them. And, you know, you've had this added just drama of Ben Simmons on top of it. And this just non-ending conflict. I don't know where it goes. I I, I don't there is no resolution on the horizon here because again you're gonna have to wait at least a month and a half till mid-december when everyone who's signed in the summer can even be traded like 
you you kind of just have to wait for someone else to get unhappy, <laughs> or or you know a month into the season, which right now is only Marvin Bagley. <laughs> right, poor Marvin Bagley. Uh, which you know right now, I mean, you know, maybe a month into the season, team isn't living up to an expectation, or someone's unhappy with the situation and and their start. This you know like that's that's kind of what you're banking on now. I I don't know. Um, so for the Sixers, man, it's just. It's tough to be overwhelmingly positive about this season. Just it really bit. is. I mean, when you have people saying we're going through it right now, saying that that Hawks team is going to finish ahead of us in the Eastern Conference Finals, which wouldn't surprise me. They could. That's, Again, that's if Embiid is out for three weeks, this two this team is like losing. I don't know, eighty percent of those games. <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. It's not like, listen... Embiid is not fragile. This is not like a Embiid is soft. He misses, but it's just it is a reality. Mm-hmm. Embiid will miss games this year. That's fine. He's gonna get rested. He'll probably have one back soreness week, you know, where he misses four or five games. That is the Embiid that we know and love. We know that when he plays and he takes good care of himself, that he is dominant and he can win his games and he can have an MVP year, hundred percent. Because if he has a, a a normal healthy year and plays at the level that he did last year. We Embiid wins the MVP, and I, I think we're in a really good spot. But Which I believe he's plus eleven hundred odds right now to win the MVP. I I just we're in such a bad position. <laughs> we have and Simmons like leverage now is zero. You've get like no other organization. There was like a I forget who reported it that. Other executives texted them and said, this is how this guy reacts to a diversity. It's like, all right, well, let's relax. But, I mean, it is the truth. Like, other people are going to look at the situation and be like, why would I want to trade for this guy if he's going to spend four months trashing the organization and publicly forcing an exit and then show up to practice and not try? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a major it's distraction. not like he's James Harden. No, he's really not. This is not. Yeah, exactly. James Harden still played, by the way. Yeah. So. Wore a fat suit, but. Listen, I. I just I don't know where we go from here, and um, I'm over it already. If that's possible, if do, it's possible to already be done with this situation, I'm at that at that point. Do we think Joel goes out there tonight and just like to dominates? He can just go out there and have a, a fantastic performance without it needing to be like a concerted effort. Like Embiid, we've seen him just be able to put up like 32, 14, and five mm-hmm. easily. Like that's just like. That was the that was a routine kind of level for him last year. So, 
I wouldn't be shocked to see him have that kind of performance again. I mean, the, the big thing is going to be Friday against the Nets, right? Who yeah. you know, lose last night, you know, it didn't look awful, but they're also without Kyrie. They're in a, <laughs> a strangely similar position to us, uh, different circumstances, of course, but I just, there's so many ways this season can splinter now. These first few games are going to be interesting. Thankfully, the schedule is pretty forgiving for the Sixers. I mean, you're not playing, like, outside of the Nets, you're not playing, like, Murderer's Row here. Mm-hmm. It, it's You've got some you got some easy games. You play the Thunder early on, which is nice. Like, the Pelicans tonight without Zion is an easier matchup. You know, you get the Knicks in there. Like, really not the worst way to open your season. But if it goes, if like, like let's be honest, if this goes really bad, if it's like we're, like, 2-2 two and two even. I really think two and two and people will be like sweating it. I really, I really do believe that. So <laughs> it's, it's rough right now, man. It is, it is hard to see the, the rainbow in the sky where Matt is with the Sixers, which I'm, I'm not far behind is where I was with the Eagles to put it in perspective. Like I shut down football after last at, year. At you least, shut down basketball. At like, least no Eagle is like, like even Carson Wentz was never like this publicly toxic like there was obviously like leaks and stuff and there mm-hmm. was like some like conclusions being drawn but Carson Wentz never refused to practice Doug Peterson never refused to coach right like the worst thing was what benching Jalen Hurts which actually wasn't the worst thing but it was like publicly like the Eagles were crucified for it that was it mm-hmm. was was tanking for like a half of football this guy's been doing this for four months yeah and that's what gets me too about people that still defend Ben Simmons. It's like there is there's no more defense. I don't know how I don't know how you could have sat through the last four years and now that this this all of summer and now all of like the, the September and October and everything he's done and like lay out a defense for him. These are like the people that write serial killers and want to marry them and send them pictures of themselves. Like the guy doesn't give a shit. No. I don't know how to convince people of that anymore. He so obviously doesn't care. He so obviously doesn't want to improve. That's it. <laughs> I'd like that's it. He 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 ghosted the organization, it, which again, I feel like people have completely forgotten that the Sixers organization could not even get in touch with Ben Simmons early in the summer. Would not even answer a phone call. Denied his teammates from coming to see him in LA, told him to not come. Hasn't done anything. Has just continued to do practices Apartment and with house up for sale. Like Simo the Savage, baby. and he's, he's it's just conveniently being linked yeah, leaked to all you know Philly beat reporters that his per sources his house is up in Morristown is up for sale. Gee, I wonder who told him that house in Morristown up for sale. Flow. <laughs> I will say uh, he had a really funny tweet, um, a really good moment of self awareness. That I think deserves recognition because I actually uh, I actually laughed at this one. I'm just pulling it up right now because I I have to uh, I have to find it. I'm sorry. I should have I should have came prepared with this one. Uh, so much for a chill season opener flow, <laughs> all in a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag so much for a chill season opener flow. <laughs> I mean, that feels like a bit. That's so good. The bot has become self-aware, right? Like, that's... 
It's so good. So much for a chill season opener flow. That's the podcast title right there. <laughs> so much for a chill season opener flow. I mean, he tweeted a video two days ago at Ben Simmons twenty five hashtag working on his handle flow. <laughs> I love Keith. He's a treasure. He he is something else. Oh, th- this one's even more self aware. He tweeted an article about Andre Drummond. Do yourself a favor and read. Uh, Gina Meisel Mizell from uh, the Inquirer's piece on Andre Drummond. Hashtag must read flow. <laughs> good for Keith, man. He's got a bit in the sixth. Oh, it's so Keith good. <laughs> Great guy. I always love when he's the um, the main ex- character on Twitter. Well, or when he, like, I've, I've listened to, like, uh, you know, like, some sports podcasts will, like, bring in, you know, like, yeah. local reporters or whatever. And there's always this one, I forget the network that does it, but they do, like, the mock draft. And they mm-hmm. have, like, they pick a beat reporter from every place and they do a, a mock draft. And I always love when he's on there because I love hearing him talk. He is, like, I don't mean this, like, in a rude way. He's just so fun to listen to. Like, it's I actually so really enjoy listening to Keith Pompey talk because, like, it was just fun. Keith Com- Keith Pompey, you're you're a legend. We didn't even talk about it, but his uh, his nine eleven. I was gonna bring up the nine eleven alarms. I felt I didn't think that it was appropriate, but yeah. Lest we forget, right? Sure. I mean, you literally can't forget when you're setting an alarm every forty minutes. It just seems like a lot. It seems like a lot to do. <laughs> Michael Levin asked this on the right, Ricky Sanchez. Do you think that's just for nine eleven? <laughs> Or are those alarms daily? (laughs) We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. You know what's weird too is it's like I wonder if it's like saved in his phone from last year. You know, like yeah, you ever like screenshot. you ever like had like a nap? And it's like, uh, like, or like you've worked like a weird shift or something. And it's like, you had this random, like eight fifteen PM yeah. alarm and you're like, but that's just been in your phone for the last three years. And yeah. You just never deleted it. I wonder if it's like every year's like, he just scrolls past someone. He sends alarms like, Oh yeah, it's my nine eleven alarm. Like <laughs> can't forget man. Eight forty three. I'll never forget where I was. See these in seven months. <laughs> Lord. Keith Pompey. Um, Looking forward to the Sixers, man. It's going to be a great year. So much for a regular <laughs> normal season opener flow. Uh, which brings me to our play pickup prop of the episode, Matt. It's brought to you by the good folks at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com. Uh, start creating your fan profiles by placing prop bets for free. Doesn't cost you a single dime, single penny, uh, or in the Sixers case, a single piece of crypto. Um, to place a prop and you start racking up points, you cash them in for prizes, go to playpickup.com. Now, Sixers uh, win total this season. Where do we have the uh, the over-under set for the Sixers wins? Um, I, I, had, I had looked earlier today. I think it was like 
fifty and a half or fifty one and a half, I think, depending on where you're uh you're looking. We will take a look here. Here we go. For the Sixers, fifty and a half. I don't like saying this. <clears throat> I think it's under. I've not against that. I think like I said, I think you're one Embiid injury away from this team being awful. I love Tyrese Maxey. I love Tobias Harris. I love my country. I don't. <laughs> I I I'm serious. If Embiid if Embiid is out for a month, let's just say. And to be fair, they finished as the one seed last year and had forty nine wins. Right. Sorting season. Ten ten less games, mm-hmm. but you know. What, you split those and you're at 54? And be playing at MVP level? You had been the whole time? I, I think it's under. I think the East, the, the top of the East, just as competitive. I think the middle class of the East is going to be better. Some teams got better. You look at the Hawks, you have to expect they improve. Celtics probably be better this year. The Heat will be better this year. The Knicks are a wild card. Knicks, yeah. I mean, you, you expect the Nets to be just as good. You expect the Bucks to be just as good. They looked great last night. They're rings, man. The Hornets probably take a step forward. Tell me where these easy wins are coming from. The Raptors, probably going to be a tough play at least. Mm-hmm. Don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think it's under. I don't like saying it. Nobody I agree. Likes, nobody likes saying the under because it's not fun. Yeah, but, you're not rooting for losses. It's just... Right, but I, if if I was actually betting money, I would I would bet the under for the Sixers this year. The uh, the Bucks ring? Yeah, good for the Bucks, man. Looks uh, quite fancy. It's been nice. They, could uh, have been us. Could have been. Probably should have been. I'll never stop thinking about it. No. Still not over it. I might cry. I feel like crying right now. You see what you've done? Number 25? You see what you've done to me. Uh, are there any? I mean, obviously Joel Embiid, but like things you're looking forward to? Tyrese Maxey. That's <laughs> where I'm at. <laughs> That's it. Looking forward to that. I mean, this opens up a spot at least for Tyrese Maxey to hopefully, if he can, I guess, get past Shake Milton. <laughs> Who's not even ready to play, apparently. So, Well, he still might. He still might take the minutes from Tyrese. Who knows? Um because we have a coach that's allergic to <sighs> developing youth, which is great. But I'm excited for Thibel too. Excited for Thib. Excited for the young guys. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, excited for those. Embiid is the obvious one, like you said. But hard to get jazzed for, man. Hard it's, to hard to get up for this season. I would have said another season of Tobias, but buddy, uh, buddy got swindled by Daryl Morey, and now he's buying crypto and NFTs. It's the dumbest. The dumbest thing. The gorillas already did this. That's what I don't get about this, like the the crypto monkey thing. It's like yeah. this is just the gorillas rebranded, is it not? It feels like it. Am I the only one that's noticed it's this? Like fucking rat fink. <laughs> it's just stupid. There's no over under for you. How many NFTs does Tobias buy? Is it more oh, than his? Him, uh... He's get, he's making what four hundred billion dollars from us this year. He's got plenty of money. What uh? What's more, Tobias's rebounds and assists average combined, or the amount of NFTs he buys? How many books has he read? How many books or how many NFTs? How many books on NFTs has he read? None, because they don't exist. I'm sure someone has gotten to the grift and has made a very poor book on NFTs. Ugh. 
Do you also see the? I can't uh, wait for Tobias and Daryl Moore to be at a congressional hearing in like seven years about NFTs and how's all a Ponzi scheme. Well, I saw that's this. what this all is, right? <clears throat> totally. NFTs are just money laundering. It's got. There's be. no like. I, What's worse, mattress stores or? Because mattresses at least serve a tangible purpose. Yeah. I could sleep on a mattress. That's valid. I have a use for a mattress. Even when my mattress that I have is no longer for me, it could just be, you know, my guests can sleep on it. Or I give it away. I sell mm-hmm. it. It gets repurposed some way. And if the, like, I'll never understand it. There was an article that... We live in hellscape. <laughs> I mean, we really do. I saw this. I forget. I, I don't watch a ton of TV. One thing I've noticed, though, when I have, because obviously sports has been on again, I really only watch sports on TV. Have you noticed the amount of sports book commercials? Oh, my God. It's so disgusting. Like, it is obscene. I really worry for the future. That's why our pal John Barchard banned uh, sportsbook advertisers on Bell and the Birdman for at least a year. It's a lot, man. I I, I do worry a little bit. If about... I have to hear, well, what's the uh, the the win one with yeah, Ben Affleck? Win. That one's tough. That one. Uh, what's the yeah. one with the the with the girl? She's like she's like blonde. She was like really excited. DraftKings. DraftKings, but I can't remember her name. But she's no free already... ads. Yeah, like it's like. All right, we get it. You, you that we got uh, Caesars. It's just a lot, man. Yeah, what, what's that one with? Uh, is that Jamie Fox? No, he's uh, Bet MGM. Bet MGM. Just a lot, man. It's so weird. A lot of sportsbook stuff. This seems like it could go down a really bad path. I don't know. <laughs> might. It might. It's like one of those things that it's like, all right, everybody's kind of gobbled this up and. What's next? There was a, a story about NFTs and the website and the the people who created them. They let their accounts like disappeared off of Twitter and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, there it goes. There's the money laundering. It's like two point seven million dollars. Yeah, they're stuck in a shipping crate somewhere in someone's <laughs> yard. Just a shipping crate of receipts. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got two point seven million in my blockchain wallet. So, okay, well, that means nothing to me. So, yeah, if you put that into words, I understand. Just ridiculous. I saw Tobias change his profile picture, and I was like, ah, here we go. There's nothing worse than crypto bros. And then he's like, oh, asking for you know retweets and follows. I'm like, Tobias, what are we doing here, pal? Brother, you can just buy accounts, can't you? Right. Make like $38 million a year. What are you doing? Steph Curry's in it now. God almighty. I just, I, I don't get it. I can't I wait don't... for when President Joe Rogan is uh, <laughs> issuing some executive order about NFTs. Jesus Christ. Jamie, pull that up. Is that about NFTs? <laughs> Vice President Jamie. <laughs> That's the path that we're on. Uh, Elk meat is going to be served in every uh, school cafeteria. Daily doses of uh, ivermectin, baby. <laughs> ivermectin, ivermectin in the morning and DMT for lunch. 
Your elk meat. Wake up the brain. <laughs> School is just going to be like three hours of gym class, all MMA fighting. And then uh, just making kids scrap. That's just going to turn into everybody being like the island boys. <laughs> brain dead. Jesus Christ. That's what happens, man. That's what happens when you, you grow up on Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> turn into that. Don't remember that. Not the code red. It is the code red. Is, yeah. That's totally valid. Um, Flyers are at home against the Bruins. That's great. They're back. I mean, at least they look good. It's it's still optimistic October for the real ones out there. Um, They beat the living shit out of the Kraken. Um, Six to one the other night. And when I say that, I mean literally because there were fights galore. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Haxtell probably had to get security choppered out of there so that none of the former Flyers would get to him. But they play the Bruins tonight. Um, I mean, optimistically, they they've been entertaining to say the least. And if they can just score the way that they have been, which is like the one thing that they've in, been inconsistent with for as long as we've done this podcast is they just haven't been able to keep up with the scoring. They can score and play defense. That's all it. I've always said that hockey is a game where you score more goals than your opponent you and win. you win. So that's really the key. I think that's the, uh, this is Coatsy's corner, you know, that's <laughs> Rasmus is supposed to play tonight, isn't he? I believe he is uh, making his debut tonight. That's good. I mean, the Flyers being entertaining is about all you can ask of them, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. The they expectations were low this year. I, I think, think it was a. I, don't I think, think the think optimistic they, Flyer fans were like, "Well, we could have a wild card spot." It's like, well, that's grim. I don't even know if they were low. I I would say it was just like question marks because of all the turnover that happened this offseason with all the trades and just like the moves left and right. It was like True. you woke up and new moves were being made to to bring new guys new into this roster. From- um, so, I mean, you get Rasmus back tonight from injury, makes his debut and they're playing without Kevin Hayes still. It's true. You're I refuse, bro- I refuse to let the Flyers, uh, drag me down, worm their way back into my brain <laughs> because that's what they do. They are, your brother seems to be very much on edge about Carter Hart. I think a lot of people are, aren't they? I, I don't know that he's alone in his Carter Hart. I won't say skepticism. I think apprehensiveness is the word. Mm-hmm. I think it's because Carter Hart has been like hailed as this god, mythical hero of like the Flyers organization. Um, and if he's unable to meet those lofty expectations, what that could mean. Got a pretty shaky opening night. Didn't look like imperious. I don't know. I, I think that's been the biggest issue with the Flyers of the last two years has been the expectations placed on young players. Mm-hmm. And player development is notoriously hard to do <laughs> and is not sticky. You can't See guarantee Phillies. results. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's just not easy. You can't guarantee that young players are going to develop yeah. in a linear fashion. You can't guarantee that they, they grow within your own organization. Sometimes you do need a different coach or a different system or a different place to to play better. See it all the time across all sports. 
there's there's no guarantees that that young guy that you draft works out the same. That's why I always hate when people um, say, I mostly hate draft revisionism because it's like, well, if they mm-hmm. just drafted all the right players, like, of course. <laughs> if the Dolphins had just drafted Justin Herbert, you know, like, of course. If only the Eagles took DK Metcalf and <laughs> yeah, Justin if, Jefferson. If only my team made every correct decision ever, we would never lose a championship. Like, yeah, you obviously, say. you idiot, but it's not the way it works. <laughs> and you can't guarantee... You can't guarantee that these players work in in the same space. We would have found a way to to ruin anyone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's it's just how it goes, right? Like not every not every team is going to develop guys the same mm-hmm. way. So I I think the Flyers there was so much expectation put on these young players, and when they weren't able to make big leaps in their game, that void was left unfilled and right. this team underperformed as a result and i think i think the fans felt it too especially you know the bubble didn't help and how we played going in the like 2020 seed. like that was I, I think very deflating for a lot of people yeah. and i think now people have become a little more grounded to where the flyers are at and they're a mediocre team i mean that's just where they're at right now and the ceiling i don't think is particularly high but if they can make it fun you know like eighth seed but make it sexy you know like that's <laughs> just get in the playoffs yeah that, that'd be it's what they didn't last year so it's they're yeah, due the trend is bound to continue and i mean the the nice part about like the early portion of this schedule is obviously you picked up a point in that game against the canucks where you looked terrible but fought back and forced a shootout again stupidest thing in sports is the the hockey shootout um you don't you, like the hockey shootout i hate the shootout what is your alternative? That's a great question. Because you just end in a tie, which was the worst thing ever. Yeah, I agree. A tie is very dumb in any sport. I hate that the NFL results to a tie after overtime. They you know what I thought about the other, the other day the NFL should do? If it ends after the quarter, goes down to the kickers. You kick, You both kick that. from 10 yards out. Now you both kick from 20 yards out. Now you both kick from – it's like a, a, a penalty shot in soccer. You know, like It's like mm-hmm. how – the, I would not hate that. Then you both kick from 40 yards out. First one to miss. I've also it said is. that college football, the only good thing about it is their overtime rule. Yeah. You start on the 25, you score. And you just go back and forth until somebody doesn't. Um, I don't know what my alternative would be. I don't be mind the shootout. shootout. I, I don't know. I think it. it's just like hokey in a way because it is like a an all-star game skills competition type thing. It's almost like, oh, you know, NBA is going overtime. We're going to have a three-point shootout. Sixers would lose that every time. I think there's some tangible skill. Because, I mean, it's already something that exists within the game, too. Like, Mm -hmm. you can get a penalty shot for, like, certain fouls. So, I think it makes sense. I saw somebody the other day say, instead of the shootout, you play (laughs) three-on-three. To get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Didn't they? They, they did that, right? Didn't they? They bring a man down at one point in the last few years. I don't know. They like they made it like uh, they, I thought they made. I it know overtimes. Yeah, they made it four and four, four right? Four on four. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. 
there used to be a thing in soccer tournaments. I forget what they called it. I think they called it Rambo rules or something. Because of course, America, we have to <laughs> do that and misassign the meaning of the movie Rambo, of course. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, a person like if it went to like an overtime situation at these tournaments, uh, a person from each team would be taken off the field. You know, like every. Two I want to say minutes. they used to do that in lacrosse too. Yeah, and you know, at a certain point, you're playing like four on four or something mm-hmm. until someone scores. So, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I mean, like, I think I shoot, get, that's fun. I, I, I think... get the concept of the shootout. I don't know. I think it just frustrates it, me that the Flyers stink at it. It at least gives you like the closure. Like the ties sucked. Ties definitely and, suck. You know, you can't have like endless overtime because that's just. I mean, listen, playoff hockey's fun. Playoff overtime is fun, but uh, people got places to be. <laughs> It's January. It's now two degrees outside. Wrap valid. it up. Wrap That's it up. Valid. Let's get everybody home. The uh, and I mean you beat the living piss out of the Kraken, which was very fun. And then you get the yeah, Bruins tonight, so. which will be a an interesting test, especially since Carter Hart's not playing, and it's going to be Martin Jones, who's been absolutely terrible over the last two years. Um, so we'll see how he plays as your new backup with Brian Elliott down in Tampa. Then you get the Panthers at home on Saturday. You go up to Edmonton to play the Oilers, and then you get the Canucks in Vancouver on a back-to-back um, on a little three-game Canadian road trip that ends in Calgary on Saturday. And then you get the the Coyotes on Tuesday before like you get into some pretty intense matchups with the Penguins, the Capitals, Maple Leafs, Hurricanes, Stars, Flames again, Lightning, Bruins. Month of November is not fun, but this early part, if you can take advantage of it and rack up some points. I think that sentence is fair. The month of November is, frankly, not a fun month. No, not at all. Thanksgiving, that's like a D-tier holiday. Valid. Nothing good. Not much good in November. The weather sucks. You don't have the promise of Christmas, you know, in like two weeks. November and January, worst months. Worst months, I think. March in in a close third. March is one of the worst months. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's just nothing. That's pretty valid. There's nothing there for you. January is the worst because it is brutally cold, and you have like yeah. Again, Christmas is the salvation of it all because it's like it's a lot of fun. You know, Mm -hmm. you see family. It's like gifts time. It's a good feeling. After that, it's like winter is just brutal. Terrible. There's nothing to live for. I mean, what are you what are you doing? It's January 11th. What are you thinking? You're thinking, God, I wish it was July. <laughs> yeah, I saw a tweet today from, uh, I think it was my friend Layla. She said, uh, you can't shovel 85 and sunny. You can't. It's impossible. You would hurt yourself. Probably get heat exhaustion. Shout out Icarus. Which is preferable to frozen. And back pain. Back pain. Your knees get hurt. You gotta, you gotta shovel snow. You gotta de-ice your car. I've had to do that the last few days because it's been like forty in the morning. Uh, I've had to run out. That's the one. You thing gotta I preheat dread. the car. God Almighty, what torture that Freaking is! Fogging up your windshield. <sighs> Rough. And then you don't know if it's the inside or the outside. I got even worse news. The Astros are being the Red Sox seven-one. So we're, we might have an Astros, uh, Astro, Astro World Series. Come on, Dodgers. Not looking good. What happened to Dodgers? They won last night. Well, you know what? I think you spend seven hundred billion dollars, you expect expect a little better. 
They're, as a life, they've become the Phillies. As a, a lifetime Dodger fan, I think I speak for all Dodger fans when I say this needs to be fixed. They've become the Phillies. They forgot how to hit. It's great. I might never watch baseball again if it is an Astros-Braves World Series. Yeah, that would be painful, to say the least. <laughs> I'm, like, processing that in my mind, and it, hurts. Uh, it really hurts to think about. I don't know what I'm Like, doing. I just, just, just put me in front of a steamroller and turn me into fruit by the foot, because I can't <laughs> live with that. I can't have that on my shoulders. Yeah. Not at all. No chance. Did you notice... Uh, my also- chest is tight now. I oh. feel uncomfortable. I'm actually sweating. Did you notice Philly fans made their way to Knoxville, Tennessee this past weekend for the old Miss-Tennessee game, Matt? Yeah, man. Tough. Tough out there, you Brought know? the mustard jars. <laughs> that was bizarre. Golf balls. Who's bringing French's mustard? That was one of the best tweets I've seen from that uh, college football no context account. It's like, for what? And for who? I can only assume a hot dog or a pretzel. But I mean, like, don't they have, they have those big ones. Yeah, with the pumps. Which are elite, by the way. Great condiment delivery service. Mm -hmm. Those, those like 40 gallon, nothing, nothing says America more than your 40 gallons of ketchup, relish, and mustard. And the occasional barbecue sauce and hot sauce one. Which needs to be, which, let's be frank, barbecue sauce, the top tier condiment. Above everyone else. Everything wants to be barbecue sauce. And barbecue sauce is a blend of many other Mm -hmm. condiments and spices. It is just the perfect. It is, you, you don't do better than barbecue sauce. Why is barbecue sauce not the ubiquitous, like, in the four? Why? Yeah. I ask. That's it what I bring. Weird. That's what I'm bringing to the table. The hot sauce one I get. You keep that for the you need, you only special need like four occasions. or five because hot sauce. You know, it only goes on so many things. Like it's not as as yeah, it's not as easily used. But right. barbecue sauce, man, it's just great goes on, on everything. everything. There's not a thing that you can't put barbecue sauce. Like ketchup has its limits. Relish has its limits. Which is why you put the ketchup in the concoction to make the barbecue sauce. And exactly. Boom. It is. It is. So all you Chicagoans who hate on putting uh, ketchup on your hot I dogs. I mean, Chicago. Listen, like I feel bad for them because it's already like thirty-two degrees there. <laughs> they are already suffering. But they will, as you've said, it was in our recap video from last year. They'll put anything on a hot dog except for ketchup. Yeah, they'll put like quail eggs. <laughs> you ever seen those? Those it's like, like a crazy fucking ones. Bloody Mary. On they're a like bun. they're like they have like poutine in a in a hot dog bun and they're like yeah but we won't put ketchup on yeah. it do not ask me to put ketchup on hot it hot dog fargua <laughs> this is this is sewage runoff yeah this is uh we just blend up the cigarettes on the sidewalk <laughs> and Gatorade and sewage put it runoff on a hot straight dog. from the Washington football team field <laughs> which is where Tua might end up uh, i'm a, I, I am listen my dolphins fandom it's as waiting. strong as it is is uh, is in tatters, gripping on for dear life. At least you got Liverpool. At least I have them. <laughs> Listen to top pins. Uh, At least I have them. Matt, it is. They've time. certainly never destroyed my life. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready to get hurt again. I'm actually not. That's the thing. I'm actually not really prepared to get emotionally damaged again. Uh, little. I'm a, I'm actually a little over sports hurting me so much. <laughs> It's, it's taken its toll. And I'm 27. It's too early for this. 
But man, I'm looking at the clock. It's 7:46. We got a Sixers game in 14 minutes. I'm like, I don't. Thank God, Survivor's on. I don't know that I'm ready. I can't believe we're here at the start of a season again. I can't believe it. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer. Upper 90. You already know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Quick uh, little in the news: former Eagle uh, and current Saints safety Malcolm Jenkins. It's also a bad bet, Malcolm. Getting into the Burnley's the not footy looking good, game. Malcolm. He's invested in Burnley. Wanted to get your thoughts there. Um, I I wish I had more time to think about this so I could compare them to like a North American team. Burnley. Let me just say this: Burnley has a manager named Sean Dyche, who's actually good, but. I think the best way to describe them is, is that people call him a worm eater. And so he's if, ivermectin. If you look at him, you're kind of like that guy might eat worms. He could, he could definitely eat worms. Um, they are known for, shall we call it physical play? Um, they are known for people call them Brexit football. <laughs> I, I think, I think you can. So he's Dan Campbell. Uh, he, yeah, Dan Campbell is a, fantastic fantastic comp for Sean Dyche and Burnley they're unfortunately in a, a really really bad position I'm showing Kyle a picture of Sean Dyche now oh he's uh, totally Dan he's like Bill Burr and Dan Campbell like ran into each other that's actually really good I don't want to disparage them too much but they're um they're a team that is critically underfunded uh that doesn't hasn't made Sean Dyche has made a lot of noise about how they haven't supported the first team very much in uh in signings um, and they're not doing well this year. So Malcolm, I hope they got that Super Bowl money, baby. <laughs> I hope your bet pays off, Malcolm. <laughs> and it's like from his personal uh, investing. It's like he when he announced, he said Malcolm Inc. Good for listen. It's a good LeBron invested in Liverpool, and it's now like I think he invested like four yeah. million. It's worth like sixty now. So you know what? Kevin Durant <laughs> invested in the Union. Yeah, Look right. at them, baby! Like go for it. But um, Burnley's probably not the team I would become. <laughs> <laughs> They're not sexy. They're not fun. Um, that's yep. <laughs> so speaking of uh, money, Survivor buffs and snuffs segment. 
Uh, be sure to check out our Twitter spaces after every single Survivor episode uh, where we recap the episode, talk about what we think is going to go down next week and everything in between. Um, JD, not money. Gone. Gone too soon. We're losing the characters on this this season way too soon. That is the bummer of this. We've lost Brad and JD. Back to uh, back. Back to back. That's a big blow. It's a big blow for entertainment. Like, JD, we said it last time. You don't under any circumstances give your advantage to someone. Uh, you somehow did that twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> fool me once. Shame. You fool me, you can't get fooled again. I mean. <laughs> Shout out J. Cole. Just a bad move. Just a bad decision. Um, kind of deserve to go home for that one, yeah. if I'm being frank. Uh, I think, again, if you're a Survivor Super fan, you should not be, you gotta be better making that. that mistake. No. Uh, so, shout out to Shan for... Uh, the Mafia pastor. For, I mean, literally, mafiosoing her way into that conversation and saying, just give me the advantage. Boss. So good for her. She's got that uh, extra vote now, right? Um, strong episode for Shan. Yeah. We got- I, I didn't know. I, I thought she made a mistake early on in the episode. She tells Jeannie about how Brad mm-hmm. had this other advantage and that right in he, front was, of JD. he was her number one. And he said that, yeah, JD didn't know about that. And I thought for Ricard, too, Ricard could feel that and be like, all right, well, I don't know. But I don't know how much they've shared. Yeah. Uh, they seem pretty, pretty tight, but. That was a strong episode for Shan. Another just good episode. Really liked it. I really enjoyed this episode because it wasn't like shoving all these advantages and different, you know, twists and turns. You know what's ironic about that? It was good old-fashioned Survivor. You know what's ironic about that? Is this episode is partly exciting, and one of the, the, the things we brought up first, because of an advantage. And I get the frustration. There is definitely, like, maybe at times too much spent on advantages, but this is also the payoff where it's like, oh, like she got his advantage mm-hmm. and now it's like, you know, and there was this obviously tension about Jeannie using her shot in the dark advantage, which I guess isn't really an advantage because everyone has it. But yeah, um, I, I thought what was interesting about this episode, too, is you get like a lot of funny stuff from Deshaun and Danny uh, throwing a challenge. I don't know how you feel about it. It's always a bad decision. I feel like it just yep. it's bad juju. I think you don't p- like it. And especially when your alliance, this is the big thing. Your alliance hasn't voted yet. You don't know. You don't know who actually is backing you and who's with you yet. Yeah. You're, 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 you have not gone to tribal. You have no clue. You don't even have a torch. You don't know the numbers yet of your own alliance. You don't know who's actually with you, who who you can actually trust. Flyer scored. Let's go. So you never want to like voluntarily put yourself in that situation. Survivor to me has always been. Very similar to Sandra's, uh, like, moniker or, or whatever you would call it. Um, I'll vote for anyone that's not me. Yeah. And for me, it's whatever I have to do to make it to the next day, especially in a shortened season. And if making it to the next day means winning immunity, then that's what I'm doing. You know, exactly. like, and I, you should just, you should never willingly put yourself in a position where even, all right, if you win immunity, 0% chance you go home. Mm-hmm. Let's say you go to tribal. Even if you're in a good position, you're great, you got a Unless strong alliance, there's still a 1% chance something screwy happens, especially in a season like this where you have the shot in the dark thing. There's so many extra variables now. You don't know who has advantages. You don't give yourself even the chance. Yeah. So never throw a challenge. I'm glad it didn't work out for them uh, because I 
<laughs> I got worried because Deshaun is obviously my pick, and I have him yeah. on Survivor Fantasy, so I was like, please, Deshaun, no. He's our show pick. <laughs> please, Deshaun, don't. But I, I, I do like how uh, I thought that was a really fun way to edit the scene, and uh, there was a lot of tension there, which was funny. Although we are getting pandered by uh, the cast of season 41. We had, uh, we had a like on one of our tweets last week from Evie. <laughs> When she went full movie theater trailer voice, which I thought was epic. And then uh, today, Sydney retweeted us. We had those the beautiful moment with the little baby seat. That was awesome. Um, that was really cool to see. That that must be one of the good... Survivor, I will say the one thing that is lessened over the years is like, especially if you watch the early seasons, there was a genuine, like, you were in awe of the, the place mm-hmm. that you were at. And it was like, wow, like... I am in Africa. I am in the Amazon right now. Like, I am in wherever. Like, that was the one thing. Like, this, like, you'd see them, like, watching. I, I yeah. I'm trying to remember the season. I think it was Gabon, where they see the elephants, like, yeah. uh, across the river. And it's like, that's just sick. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's like, you know, when people talk about Survivor being, like, a once-in-a-lifetime trip or experience, like, that's... Those are the yeah. kind of moments like seeing baby sea turtles hatching and like fighting their way to live to go yeah. to the ocean is like you're never gonna just see nah. that in your life, like as untouched as that moment was. So yeah, I, I thought that was cool because ultimately Survivor is like a nature game show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do think it's lost that way a little bit, which it kinda has to, because you know, they have to they stay in the same location now yeah. and it does feel more manicured than it than it used to, but you know. It's a show. What are you gonna do, right? Right. <laughs> it has to. It has to maybe be a little more sterile now. That's like I, don't, I forget what season this was, but uh, the No Context Survivor tweeted out today uh, when they won the reward and they got to see like an early screening of an Adam Sandler movie, like wherever they were. I think it was one of the seasons with Coach. Was that the um? Was that Jack and Jill, or was that when they saw uh, Gulliver's Travels? It might have been Click. <laughs> click, yeah. Yeah, there was a like few the years where they had click. those very strange like movie product placements. Which, yeah. it, By the way, who was it in Africa that went um, on the, the drive-in date? And it was the yeah. very staunch... I can't remember either of their names. It was like you could not have picked two opposite characters. <laughs> a very staunch like conservative guy. Always talked about... I wonder what he's up to today. Lord above. Oh, they hate to see this guy's was. tweets. Um, always talked about like guns rights and Americans rights being infringed. And then there was a gay guy. I can't remember either of their names. Um, and they had had conversations about like, you know, uh, him being opposed to his like worldview essentially, or like who he was. And, um, it was funny because they ended up on a, on a drive-in dinner date. It was Brandon and Frank. Brandon and Frank. Yep. I wonder what Frank is, uh. Frank, where were you January 6th? <laughs> my question. Um, Quote, my camping trip just went to hell. <laughs> yeah, so I it, it's 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 interesting just how Survivor has changed over the mm-hmm. years. And listen, I've really, really enjoyed the season. I think this season especially speaks to if you have just good casting, yeah. it doesn't matter if maybe there's some twists and advantages that don't hit or work very well. If you like the people that you're watching on your screen, you're not gonna care as much. Like I don't care as much that like Xander still doesn't have a vote. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like that doesn't I think that adds to in the another like, suspense. Season, yeah, I, I do think there's some things that are working. Maybe it all goes terribly. Um 
you know, by the end of it, and we're left really angry about this season. But like for right now, so far so good. I like it. I, every and every person too, I find enjoyable. I think there's some great characters on on this season mm-hmm. as well. I think there's people that are playing the game very well too. That should be said. Like there, I think there are people that are really playing well. That are fun to watch. They give good confessionals, and I think it's hard to pick even right now. Like we have some information. We we watched a few episodes. It feels like a lot of times you can like narrow it down to like two people. Like I think these two people are mm-hmm. like, you know, there's like five people right now. You could tell me one yeah. survivor this season. Like yeah, could see it, could see it. Deshaun looks great. Shan looks great. Danny looks, looks great. Good. Danny looks good. Evie looks good. Like Sydney looks fine. Yeah, like I th- I think I think there's a lot of people that could win. I think if Xander gets his vote back, he'll be in the Xander, driver's Xander seat. Xander could still be a threat, obviously. Like he still has a uh, an advantage as well. He has the, the extra vote. Like. It's a lot, of, a lot out there. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, I mean, a wild card, not that she's going to win, but I think she could go far because she's, like, playing socially well is Tiffany. Tiffany, for sure. Like, she, and she might be one of those people, too, that maybe to the audience seems much more abrasive mm-hmm. and maybe scattered, but actually is, like, well-liked. You know, it's what we see is not often necessarily... Totally what the actual situations like apparently like i know if you saw the secret scene from like i think it was the second episode heather had a dream that sydney uh butterflies are just (laughs) dead relatives that no she she had a dream that i forget what she said sydney did but essentially said she didn't trust sydney because of this dream she had about her um and sydney seems to be like this villain to yeah and uh, that seemed to come out of nowhere last episode because they ain't me yeah which i liked i you know what listen she leaned into it in a fun way and Sydney, if you want to come on the podcast, <laughs> I love you. Know we exist. <laughs> I love the chat, but yeah, or if you want to I hop like, in our Twitter spaces. You know what? Like you have to own it sometimes. Yeah, and uh, I I like that she owned it. And listen, like Sydney's attitude is the attitude that like any other like survivor. Like you think of all like the survivor greats, the people mm-hmm. that like everyone loves. Eighty percent of them were technically villains. Yeah. Like Boston Rob, technically a villain. I think he was on villains in here. Yeah, he was. Like poverty villain. Poverty a villain. Like all these people, like that you love, like weren't necessarily good, quote unquote. What is good in Survivor anyway? Who knows? But uh, they're not Rupert's, right? Right. (laughs) And even Rupert in the beginning, (laughs) he stole shoes. (laughs) I hated Rupert then. I was like, this slime ball. (laughs) That's one of the funniest. Uh, Pirate steel. They pillage. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, so let's get to our top three. Immunity, they're safe, and our top three on the chopping block. Uh, I don't think much changed in the top three from last week. I still think Deshaun, uh, Shan, and Evie are, are kind of sitting pretty in the driver's seat. I would make the case that Danny is, like, in that mix. Danny, you know, I think... Uh, it wasn't clear until last episode that he was as we didn't really get to hear much from him. Mm-hmm. He's very clear. Like it is very like a one A one B situation with him and Deshaun right. where it felt like more. Maybe Danny was like the two. They feel much more on equal ground. The only advantage I think Deshaun has is that he has an advantage. Right. Um, and that um, I will say for Deshaun as well, it could be the same for Danny, but it's just what we've seen. He has Erica coming to him. Clearly yeah. feels comfortable telling him about Shan about um sydney and him and sydney seem close as well sydney like coming to him saying like bouncing ideas off him or saying you know from day one essentially saying that nasir wanted to get him and uh, danny out so 
that's a good situation. It's similar to Shan where it's like, okay, well, when everyone on the tribe seems to trust you and thinks that you're like their alliance, that's a good spot to be in. Totally. So uh, for me, Deshaun is still still probably uh, number one. But yeah, I mean, you could put, put those top three in any order, yeah. I think, because I think you can make a case for any one of them to be, you know, they're all good at challenges. They've all shown to be like proficient at challenges so far. So and far, good socially. All Shan now has an extra vote advantage. Right. I think the only weakness is that um, that doesn't seem secret. Like at least Ricard knows about it. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't be shocked if like it is. It became like kind of an open thing that she has it. So that would be the one negative uh, is that advantages are best. I think when people don't know that you have them. Yeah. And our bottom three, I still think Xander's there just by circumstance. Doesn't have that vote still. Um, and now kind of waiting on how things unfold since Brad got voted out. His advantage looks like from the preview from last week, it looks like Jeannie found it. Um, so we'll see if that's the case. But Xander still kind of waiting to get his vote and his extra vote back into play. Uh, who else would you have in your bottom three? <sighs> I love Heather. I do. Seems like a nice lady. Um, it's never good when you can't perform challenges well because that means you're never going to win immunity. People won't see you as a threat. And we have not seen from her any kind of like social game. She might have it. Mm -hmm. Seems like someone that seems nice. I do not want to disparage her in any way because that's not fair. But um, if you're asking me, all right, how many people do we have left now? Like 16? Something like that, yeah. One that's through 16, number one being who you think is most likely to win, number 16 being most likely to win. I just I don't really see the path right now mm -hmm. for Heather to win. At all. Uh, because, again, we haven't been shown much of her, and she doesn't, again, seem like particularly great at challenges. Doesn't yeah. doesn't seem like someone that's going to be able to hold her own or have some, like, phoenix rising from the ashes right. moment. So, unfortunately, Heather is a... In my, in my bottom three. Oddly enough, I think Sydney put a target on her back last week, turning into this villain arc that she's had, uh, kind of having like that emotional blow up when she couldn't start a fire. I have Sydney in my bottom three as much as, you know, I want to see her succeed right now since she uh, acknowledged the brand, but I, I don't know if the Blue Tribe gets to Tribal Council, if they lose a challenge. I don't know how things are going to go, and it's kind of a wild card now that she's put like this villain target. So here's on the here's the issue too. We saw in the preview for this week, and we'll see as the episode starts. There is, I mean, and there is legitimately Evie and Tiffany and Liana have this female alliance, mm -hmm. and we've seen this in the past too, where female alliances like can steamroll and go the way. Um, if other tribes take notice of that and start thinking about the future. Maybe Sydney or Erica is a casualty of that because, you know, part of Deshaun and Danny's whole calculus for throwing the challenge in the first place, if they go to the merge, then they'll be, you know, picked off first, right? Like that could be like a, a big issue for them. Yeah. It's even bigger if they are targets and now, you know, the, the women are banding together, so to speak, right? Like in, uh, have an alliance. So I do wonder, yeah, Sydney, Sydney may have, put herself in a bad spot but i do think she's in with deshaun and danny which is a, a, a strong position to find yourself in um so that's that's maybe the bright side i still think nasir i 
I think he kind of elevated himself a little bit last week from the way he performed in the challenge. He's someone that could win the individual immunity. He seems totally. like like he seems like a guy that like it could just be hard to get out. But again, his only ally is maybe Erica. It seems mm-hmm. that's tough. I don't, that's tough. That's a tough situation. The only thing I can think of is if there is some kind of swap or anything like that. Which again, who knows? <laughs> but no, no way to know. Um, maybe he's just not. He goes under the radar a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't seem like bad socially. It just doesn't seem like he has yeah. an alliance. But again, Blue hasn't voted, so it's outside hard. of waking up at four a.m. to <laughs> right. discuss things. But yeah, I, I would say he's kind of still there. But I think his challenge performance showed that like he's a physical threat to say the least, and that he wants to win. Like he noticed that you know Deshaun and and Danny weren't performing up to snuff, no pun intended, and uh, he went in there and was like, "I'm I'm taking over and help Blue." Uh, secure immunity but we're gonna go watch the next episode of survivor uh be sure to tune into our twitter spaces on the twitter.com after the episode around 905 eastern time and uh, we'll be talking all things about this episode and what we think could come next and all that good stuff so at buffs and snuffs is the twitter account be sure to follow it for all of our survivor coverage and of course our intern application for social media positions is open be a friend tell a friend let everybody know that you think would fit into that role of being part of our social media team. It is on our website at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And uh, be sure to follow us at undergroundphi, Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt at Matt Castorina. New episode of Top Bins is out. Be sure to check that out at FC Top Bins. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews let us know how you feel about this whole Ben Simmons situation, your uh, thoughts on the Sixers season, how you feel about the Zach Ertz trade, uh, which our Zach Ertz, uh, you know, farewell episode went up earlier this week. And, uh, of course, five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too. You can also check us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka. Get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker. See who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 370 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next week, guys, we are signing off. Peace. I'm